Hello, folks, and welcome to another season of the Outdoor Evolution Podcast. We are back. Season two. Season two, man. Um, we took a little hiatus this summer because, as most of you probably know, I have been out through hiking the Continental Divide Trail all summer and recently finished up. I was out there for about three months and 19 days exactly. Um, and my lovely co-host today, Emery, has been, uh, well, what have you been up to this uh, this summer, man? I have been taking care of the kiddos, <clears throat> as everyone knows, or maybe they don't know, but uh, got two little girls, so trying to get them out and about. I did a little hike around Mount St. Helens, yeah, my day. annual hike, so that was super fun. Um, and yeah, just kind of holding down the fort, man, like nice. regular summer activities. Yeah. I've kind, of, I've kind of been missing the podcast. Yeah? Did you uh, get out on some uh, some backpacking trips? Anything of like I did, some, yeah. some decent length? Yeah. Well, I mean, the trail around Helens is like a good 30 miles. I love that trail. I try and do it every single year. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a fun... It's become a fun trail to do as like a proving ground. If I get to try new things out, like, yeah. you know how... I, yeah, you get familiar with a trail and then you can kind of like push yourself and kind of test some new things out, so... Um, that's always super fun. And then besides that, just getting out with, uh, with the kiddos did a, oh man, did a super fun, um, van trip nice through central Oregon out to like the painted Hills of Oregon. Have you ever been out there? Um, have I been, I don't think so. Dude, painted Hills are so weird. No, it's weird. Um, like we have the painted desert here in Arizona. Yeah. Is it, have you ever been to the painted desert? Is it like anything similar to that? I wonder if they use a different kind of paintbrush. (laughs) A drier paintbrush. Definitely not yeah, watercolors. Drier. This Arizona. one's more moist. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is it like layers like uh, of like different sediments? Is that, that what like gives it its painted look? Because that's here, yes. the painted desert, that's kind of what it is. I am not even going to try to <laughs> explain to you why it is what it is. Um, Google it because okay. it is the weirdest <laughs> looking place. It's super pretty. It's what's strange about it is that when it's the 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 ground is kind of like a clay. Yeah. It's like when it gets wet, it gets like clayish. So, and then it gets really bright. So I guess the optimal time to go is in the rain, and like kind of during like twilight hour, like yeah. you get the sunset so that the there's a glow. Otherwise, it's kind of white. It's all washed out. But yeah, first time I've ever been there. So we did a little road trip through Central Oregon and nice. went to the Painted Hills. And dude, I was like, holy cow. This is super cool. Like, I can't imagine being like a settler walking around and being like, what the heck yeah, is like this Yeah, like discovering place? it for the first time. I think that <laughs> yeah, all the like, time whenever I'm why, on the place. It's like, this would trip like somebody this? out. Because <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. And it's not like, it's just in this one general vicinity. So you kind of drive into the park and then, or the, I don't know where it is. But you drive into it and there's like this viewpoint that you kind of, you're just surrounded by it. And there's these little trails, but yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, super cool. Yeah, man. Nice. Doing summer stuff. I definitely have not been hiking the CDT. Yeah. Yeah. I. That's what I did. You know. That's that's what but, I did for almost four months. Just walked. I mean, kinda, <laughs> walked I guess that's kind of really cool. really long distance. <laughs> well, dude, you not only walked, but you were on the phone with me. Like that's true. With Einstein true. working, putting stuff. Yeah, into man. Place we were working on all got back. kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm a multitasker. I try to uh, yeah. take care as much as possible. So doing 30 I'll, plus mile uh, days while figuring out all this to, stuff that we got going on and, and trying yeah. to kick off all these new projects that we're going to do this year that we'll we'll probably talk about a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'll never forget, like, 
I remember we got off the phone one time and I'm like, that dude is probably in the middle of a 30 or 40 mile day. And he just like took a break on the side of a mountain. Yeah. Like it kind of just registered with me. I'm like, huh. That's commitment. How about sir? that? <laughs> it's true commitment. God bless. <laughs> what you got to do. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, dude, do we get to talk about the CDT? Yeah. You gonna, you gonna interview me? You want to do like a I, little, I would like to. Is this going to be like Outdoor Revolution's first interview episode? Like it's kind of yeah, what you're used to not. over on Byland. I have I have questions about gear. I have mm-hmm. questions about the trail in general. Yeah, yeah, we can uh, we can kind of catch up and do a little do a little CDT interview. Yeah, dude, I'm stoked. Well, well, before we talk about the CDT, I want to do a little house cleaning. So this season of the Outdoor Revolution podcast. We want to sort of change up the format a little bit. As I said in the last episode of the last season, this podcast has basically become like therapy for me over the past year. Um, An outlet for me to speak on some bigger issues in the outdoor community, get some stuff off my chest of being a creator, being a hiker, being a, a van lifer, being all that kind of encompasses what I do and what Outdoor Revolution does. Um, but this season we want to mix it up and not only talk about these kind of heavy hitting topics that we typically talk about or what has, uh, you know, become as some, as some people say in some reviews, um, complaining about things that maybe we don't agree with. What what was the, it's not complaining. Darwin gripes or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was an awesome review. Somebody said that we should rename <laughs> the, uh, the, we're being analytical, man. Yeah, man. We're just, you know, we're dissecting things. Um, well, not only that, but I think we're just trying to have an honest conversation yeah. about like the whole point of the podcast. I remember when we started talking about it was to, to kind of mimic, mimic, like kind of mirror what you would, like a conversation you would have yeah. on the trail. Yeah, with yeah. Someone. yeah. It's just stuff that you talk about anyways. So it's like, you know, why not talk about it on a podcast? But, you know, this season, we not only want to talk about those things and kind of have that same format, but we also want to spend some more time educating and inspiring folks to maybe expand their uh, their outdoor adventure horizons. Yeah. So, yeah. So not only will we be touching on topics like diversity or a lack thereof in the outdoor industry, um, the drama or clickiness that seems to exist in the outdoor community, and uh, how to deal with things like relationships while traveling and post-adventure blues or uh, post-trail depression, as some of us sometimes get. But uh, we'll also be doing episodes on things like how to get into bikepacking, um, something that I have really always had a huge passion for, and a bunch of us here at OE do. Media creation like vlogging, photography, writing, and uh, even some episodes on nutrition, uh, I think. Emory's got some pretty good um, contacts on. Yeah. On some. I got a guy. I got a guy. I know a guy. I can put you in touch. (laughs) Emory knows a guy. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're gonna maybe do an episode on nutrition and talk about kind of this horrible like adventure through hiking nutrition that most of us kind of neglect (laughs) when we're out on these adventures and maybe (laughs) some things to up that game. And um, another thing that we really want to start doing this season is highlighting certain companies that have become part of this like this club or this alliance that we've built here at OE. Back in 2020, we launched a campaign called Hashtag Give a Shit, where we, we basically asked companies in the outdoor industry, in the cottage industry in specific, to give back to public lands. 
So the company that we want to highlight on this episode, on our first episode of the second season, is Appalachian Gear Company. Back in 2019, before we even launched Hashtag Give a Shit, we actually collaborated with them on an alpaca beanie where we, uh, we were able to donate a majority of the profits that we did on this beanie that was co-branded to the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. AppGear actually sponsors AT Ridge Runners every year as part of their commitment to giving back to public lands. Aside from uh, being a company that gives back, they also make some really sweet 100% alpaca garments like uh, alpaca hoodies, the ones that I've been rocking for uh, the last few years. Do you have one of those? You have? I don't. I, it's on my list of need to get one, interest, items of interest. They're pretty sweet. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I've got. I've personally bought like three of those things over the past couple of years, and of course, like in a bunch of cool different colors. And uh, I actually sent myself one since today is like a CDT episode. I actually yeah. sent myself one in Colorado just because we were getting in those higher elevations, need a little bit of extra warmth. Ended up wearing that thing like almost every single morning, just those chilly mornings, being up at like twelve thousand, thirteen thousand feet, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up sleeping in it most nights. So with all that being said, we are super proud to have App Gear as part of Hashtag Give a Shit. They're a company that really cares about giving back, being a part of the community, and making super sustainable, all-natural gear. So make sure to check them out at AppalachianGearCompany.com. All right. So uh, I think that's a little house cleaning that we did, kind of just to let you guys all know what we got coming up this season. I'm, I'm pretty excited, man. Yeah. So do we get to talk about the CDT? Can I can I ask you questions? Yeah, man, let's do it. I'll uh, put me on the spot. Let's, you know, after hiking from Canada to Mexico, um, ended up being like, like 2,800 miles, like 27, 2,800 miles. Because, you know, you do a bunch of alternates and stuff. I think I'm Dude, ready. that's a really good question. Okay, can we talk about the mileage? Yeah, yeah. I have, so I find, first of all, I just want to put this out there. The CDT, I find to be a fascinating trail. I don't know why, but I just think it's... A, it's a well, it's weird not really one. a trail. That's the thing. Exactly. That's my That's point. It's is there's a it's a route like it's this weird mishmash of mishmash. <laughs> so, is it mix mat mix match? I don't think or I mismatch? used that correctly. <laughs> it's a weird mashup. It's a mismatch of a lot of things. So I wanted to ask you about the mileage yeah. because you know generally you hear like oh the CDT is like thirty two hundred miles or something yeah. like that. But you just got done saying that it might not have been that. No, so it's like... But why? Why is that the case? So there is the, I guess, quote-unquote, original route, and it's not even an original route because, like, they change it all the time, but the what we call the red line, you know, if you're using something like gut hooks, um, which is now apparently not called far gut out. hooks. Yeah, far out. Um, <laughs> far out, bro. So weird. Uh, um, you know, you typically on trails, like if you go hike the AT, you kind of have one line that you're following. You have the red line, right? And then there's the blue lines that kind of come off, and those are like little side trails or what's known as blue blazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, maybe there's like a reroute or something, and that'll be in there. Well, on the CDT, obviously you have the traditional route that is just under 3,000 miles, and it's it's the quote-unquote red line, right? It's going to go all the way from border to border. Um, But what makes the CDT interesting is because there are so many different routes, and they keep changing it. Right, so you might have mm-hmm. uh, a new reroute where they've kind of made new single track or something, 
But on top of that, they're also going to have, um, you know, the original routes are kind of still on the trail. So you can either, you get to a certain point and you can either take this new route that they put and maybe it goes, you know, up a, up a mountain to 14,000 feet and then like runs the actual continental mm-hmm. divide itself, like on a ridge line, or you can do like the original route that it was like, I don't know, three years before that, where say it went down part of a road and did a low route. And then there's other things like, because it, it does follow the continental divide through so much of the trail, you have alternates. So you have like the high route and you have the low route, right? So say it's mm. bad weather or something, you would want to take the low route because you don't want to be up at 13, 14,000 feet uh, in you know a lightning storm yeah. or something, but you get a lot of that in Colorado. So because of that, because there's so many alternates, it's kind of a choose your own adventure. So yeah, some people will, and it's pretty rare from what I understand, will hike the red line, the traditional route, all the way from Canada to Mexico or Mexico to Canada. But most of us will take these different alternates. You know, you get to a certain point. A good, a good example is um, you, you always hear people talk about the Wind River Range, right, mm-hmm. in, in Wyoming on the CDT. Well, the actual CDT, like the red line, doesn't, doesn't go through what you always see of the Wind River Range. So Knapsack okay. Coal, which is this amazing pass and big, beautiful area, um, Cirque of the Towers, all mm-hmm. that stuff is all an alternate. So like 99% of hikers take that alternate. So you're just constantly okay. doing that as you move down the trail. So some hikers will hike 3,000 miles. Some will do... 2,600 miles, some will do 2,800 miles. So it's like nobody really hikes it the same, which is why it's kind of hard to call it, even though it is the Continental Divide Trail, it should really be called like the Continental Divide Route because there's just so many different options as you're out there. Do, so yeah. does, that make, does that make planning your days and weeks out? Yeah. What's that? I said a, a nightmare, a logistical nightmare. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. does it make... Cause, uh, if that's your first trail, yeah. I would admit, like I always look at the CDTA like this trail you probably do last or yeah. after you do a trail. So that you kind of have, there were some people out, like, out there this year that were doing works. it as their first through hike. Which, I mean, yeah. obviously it's doable. Yeah. Oh, totally. But like, totally. does it, does it make planning your route and kind of deciding where you're going to go for like resupply more challenging? Um, yeah. So, like, a good, a, a, a thing that like I didn't realize and I should have, I'm an idiot for not is before I went out there, there's like a lot of places on the CDT that are pretty remote, obviously. Um, so there's a lot of times where you're just passing through like a little place that's maybe got a gas station or a convenience store or maybe just Mm -hmm. a post office. So sending yourself like a resupply box is a really good idea. So before I hit the trail, I made, 12, 12 to 14 resupply boxes. And, you know, mm-hmm. like I had planned on, I at kind of, I looked at some of the most remote areas, right? Of like, well, I'm going to be passing through here. Am I going to be able to resupply in town? As in, am I going to be able to go mm-hmm. into a store, a grocery store, something to get enough food for the next stretch? And if it didn't look like it, I made myself a box. Well, <laughs> even though I made myself 12 boxes, I ended up maybe sending myself five of them. Because there was a lot of areas where I thought that I was going to be going through, but because I took some alternate, yeah, I ended up not going through the damn town. So, gotcha. 
So the resupply box was totally worthless. <laughs> Dude, I I kind of wonder what the... I know that resupply boxes are... I find them to be an interesting topic yeah. these days. Just from a... I, I think they're kind of a holdover from years past when there wasn't as much infrastructure. Oh, totally. And I realize, I, I also realize everything comes with a caveat. There's a lot of reasons why you would want to have a resupply box. Right. And I think it's probably a good idea to have some backup resupply boxes yeah. ready to go, like in your case. But yeah, and that's end of, that, that ends up what I in, ended up doing. Like, I think that you could honestly do that entire trail, especially the way that I did it, like with the alternates and stuff that I took, and really yeah. only needed to send myself like, really two boxes i probably could have resupplied yeah. everywhere else just in town on the fly at a grocery store or convenience store or something like that there were a couple places though like uh pie town in new mexico there is mm-hmm. nothing there there's a place called the toaster house which is like this really mm-hmm. famous um hostel it's just kind of open to hikers to stay there for free it's just a house mm-hmm. where this lady has hosted hikers for years there's a bunch of toasters all over the place. That's why it's called a toaster house. This is what I love through hiking because that's so weird. Like, and then it's just a house and, where yeah. this lady and just opens her door. There's a post office there, and there are two pie restaurants. Not restaurants, pie restaurants, which means that they only serve pie um, because you know it's pie town. So that's what there is. But what do they serve for dessert? More pie. <laughs> Smaller pies. <laughs> Smaller. But that being said, amazing pies. If anyone's ever had a pie town like pie, whew, damn good. Um, but do you do you, do you think bounce boxes are almost a better idea than yeah uh, yeah? I know a handful boxes? of hikers that use bounce boxes. I don't use bounce boxes personally. Um, never really have. I used I did like a couple a on the AT. No, not really. I mean, I know that like. Everyone I know that's ever done a bounce box ends up having a problem with them. So I was hiking with a, another yeah. hiker for quite a while that kept bouncing themselves a box, and eventually the box got lost. So oh they didn't have it in a couple spots, and then they ended up having to reroute it back to um, their house, and it was a, just a total nightmare. So, hmm. you know, after so many times of, like, bouncing it and resending it it starts getting like confusing and i guess eventually it could get lost so that's i've never personally done that those poor boxes always getting confused yeah (laughs) interesting yeah yeah i i I wonder about the logistics behind the cdt because it's not as reliable in terms of like you said choose your own adventure yeah yeah it's 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 definitely it, it can become a logistical nightmare so this year in particular like um you know why my why mine was a probably about twenty seven to twenty eight hundred is we did what's called uh, the Big Sky Alternate and it's been around for a long time. Basically, whenever you get to Butte, Montana, the trail actually kind of diverts from the Continental Divide itself, and mm-hmm. it heads west into Idaho, and then it kind of okay. it comes back into Yellowstone, and then it starts following the divide again down. Um, Well, there was a bunch of fires in Idaho this year, so they had closed off a pretty significant chunk of the trail. Now, there was a reroute where you could go around Mm. it, walk down a highway, get back on the trail, but because the smoke was so bad, I'd say about 95% of hikers out there this year took the Big Sky Alternate, so instead of heading west into Idaho, you actually drop down um, south from Butte 
go towards Big Sky, Montana, which is this like little resort mm-hmm. town. And then you head into Yellowstone kind of from the north. Hmm. So a lot of people like spend more time in Yellowstone. And then once you get there, you can do uh, the Teton high route where you're actually hiking through the Grand Tetons and stuff. Um, do you, now that you've done, you know, all, all like the Appalachian Trail, the PCT yeah. and this, do you have a preference on how a trail is structured mm-hmm. after seeing the differences between the three? No, not really. No, no, no. Just I just like everything's different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just you know, everything's definitely different, and each one of those trails is is definitely, um, you know, a different experience. You hike it for a different reason. You know, like AT is very right, social. Yeah. Um, yeah. PCT is very like you're doing it for the views and. And it's also social. Mm-hmm. And then the CDT yeah. is just kind of this, <laughs> this like masochist, like <laughs> brutal torture fest. <laughs> just like it's a logistical nightmare. It can be like a, a physical nightmare. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Like I didn't really enjoy the CDT for most of it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just brutal. How, uh, wh- why is that? What do you think? Like now that you're done and you're looking back mm. over the, the last few thousand miles, what is it? How do you feel about it? Well, you know, for me, I've said this for years. What really makes the trail for me, and it has for years, is I love the community. Like, I love meeting new people. I love going into trail towns. I love you know, meeting hostel owners and meeting people at gear shops. And I just, I really love the community that's around through hiking. Mm. Um, and on the CDT, that is basically gone. Like it, it, it's starting to get a little bit of community going on with it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's like you're by yourself all the time. And then because of all the alternates, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, you know, you've done the PCT. And you know, you know, like when you're on trail, you could be hiking by yourself all day, right? Mm-hmm. But you come around a corner, like say you come to like a water spot, there's a spring or a, a, mm-hmm. um, a stream or something, like you'll come around the corner and there'll be other hikers there. And you know, you kind of catch up with them for a second. Right. And then like you take a little break and they take off and then you're just kind of like leapfrogging with people all day, right? And then yep. you might camp with them at night just because like you're still hiking, you come up on them, they're already set up and then you decide like, oh, you know, I'll camp here for the night and hang out with them. It's like that does not exist on the CDT <laughs> because so many people are doing so many different alternates. It's like you could be in a group of 10 people in town and then everybody leaves town and everybody might go a different way leaving town, right? So somebody mm-hmm. might do like an alternate that's like a roadwalk. Somebody might do an alternate that, you know, goes up a high route. Somebody might go do an alternate mm-hmm. that's a low route. So then there you just go with these like – these stretches, these days without seeing another human being. And then it's like, once you get into town again, then like you start running into people that you haven't seen in weeks. And you're like, where the hell have you been? And you know, they might have been a mile behind you, but on a different route, it's just, it's really confusing. And so I think for that, I think that's why it's such a mentally hard trail is because When you're doing a through hike on like the AT or the PCT, you have these hard days where you're hot, you're hungry, you're cold, you're wet, but like you're still connecting with people here and there. So it kind of lifts your spirits Uh where it's like on the CDT, you know, you're hot, you're cold, you're wet, you're hungry, 
but then you, you get yeah <laughs> then you get like nothing to <laughs> to lift your spirits so it, it makes it, it it makes it mentally harder i mean there were times on the cdt over the last four months where i mean i honestly i can honestly say i've never out of all the through hiking that i've done i think like this year i hit eleven thousand miles uh-huh. um i don't think that i have ever considered or had the thoughts so much of like i don't want to do this anymore i think that i'm going to quit and like i wouldn't <laughs> because of who I am. I'm really stubborn. Mm-hmm. But like if I was ever going to quit a trail, this trail gave me a it. lot of damn reasons to quit. <laughs> can I can I ask you a question about how you deal with your mental that that those mental spaces? Yeah. Uh because I think it's really relevant. I think a lot of people we all know anyone that's ever been on a long distance yeah. trail, they know that there you get to a point in the trail where you're like this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm what over the hell am I I'm doing? going home. What am I doing this Dude, for? Dude, every single day out on this trail yeah yeah okay so can you elaborate on maybe the tools that you've learned over the years yeah in order to like how you battle that on this trail i just called you (laughs) (laughs) oh called you and einstein i'm just like i need to talk about something hey let's talk about the podcast (laughs) let's talk about the course let's talk about something with oe get my damn mind off of it Okay. Um, We're joking, but that's actually a tool. It's distraction, right? It's like, yeah. that's the reason why I listen to music on trail. It's why I listen to uh, mm-hmm. audiobooks. I probably listen to more yeah. audiobooks on this hike than I ever have on any other trail. Okay. Um, a lot of podcasts. Um, yeah. A lot of things just to kind of get my mind like off of the fact because, you know, for anybody out there that's listening, uh, you know, at this point, a lot of people, I'm sure, as we've talked about in some other episodes, you know, we did an episode called through hiking versus backpacking or backpacking versus mm-hmm. through hiking. Um, a lot of people are probably like, I would never listen to a podcast. I would never listen to music because I just would be in, in enjoying my surroundings. Well, the difference ha, is, ha, 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 yeah, right. <laughs> um, That's funny. <laughs> well, it's, you know, you do anything for long enough it becomes yeah. mundane, right? Like yeah. if you are just doing nothing but walking every single day for three months, four months, five months, six months, you're going to get bored of it. It's because mm-hmm. like, you, you know, you just, it, it's anything. I mean, you, we could sit around, we could podcast every single day for a month. And I bet you about halfway through the month, we would both absolutely hate doing this. Yeah, we'd be like, what are we doing? Yeah, this why now? are we doing this? Because I just think that's human nature, right? It's anything that you right. do. It's a it's a job. It's it's a hobby. It's it's anything. Yeah. So, you know, when you're doing the exact same thing and it becomes mundane, your brain needs some sort of distraction. So, mm-hmm. for me, it's just been whether it's listening to a podcast or an audiobook or music, um, or you know, for me, over the past six years, I use that time to really brainstorm stuff. I'm mm. a super creative okay. person, so I'm always trying to like come up with new things to create, new ideas, new projects. So I use that time on trail to really like lay out what I'm going to be doing when I get off the trail. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's Outdoor Revolution yeah. was born on the yeah, PCT. Yeah. It was because I was coming through, you know, Northern California. And at that point, mm-hmm. I really wanted to be the hell out of California. I was bored as hell. Yep. Yep. Definitely bored with that state. And I just started brainstorming of like, well, what do I want to do when I get off the trail? Oh, I know. I'll start um, I'll start a website and I'll call it, uh, I don't know, something to do with evolution since my 
trail names Darwin. And uh, maybe one day I'll do a podcast and I'll do articles and mm-hmm. I'll do. So all of Outdoor Revolution was born on that trail. Um, hmm. You know, shooting the documentary through the Great Southwest in 2019. Yep. All of that came from the trail. So I just use that time to like brainstorm and distract myself in different ways, no matter what that is. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that is the best way to kind of deal with that burnout. There's a lot of people that want to fight that. Like, hmm. okay. And I think those are the people that end up getting bored with the trail yeah. and getting off. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, as we, I've, we've talked about in another episode of the podcast, like at some point you just kind of come to that conclusion where you're like, you know what, this isn't fun anymore. Time to get off. But for me, you know, I know before I get out there, it's about the challenge. Like, I'm going to be honest here, folks. I didn't do the CDT because, like, I wanted to enjoy all of the beautiful views and hiking on the CDT. I can do that in my van. I can can load up my van and go drive to the Wind River Range and go. There's far better ways. Yeah, go for a two (laughs) to three night backpacking trip through the the Wind River Range. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I could have just drove to, you know, Glacier if I really wanted to enjoy Glacier mm-hmm. National Park. I didn't need to torture myself for four months <laughs> hiking from border to border to do that. So for me, I go out there with the mindset, this is a challenge. I am challenging myself to hike from point A to point B. So I, I there is no... For oh, you have that underlying... Like, it's not... It, Correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like maybe what you're getting to is like your hike isn't really solely based on enjoyment. Therefore, no. you're able to push through the unenjoyable parts because you're looking at the whole thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, like that, I'm not here for the views. I'm here for like, yeah, the because I think that if you get out there and like, you know, you just expect it to always be grand all the time and it's going to be beautiful yeah, all the time. And I'm going to have a great time yep. all the time. You're just going to disappoint yourself and then you're going to burn out and then you're going to get off the trail. So yeah, I wonder if that's what happens to a lot of people is they I think so. They think that it's gonna be like rainbows and unicorns and it's not that yeah, you there know, is for, that. For years I've said that. like there's you know, you go through the the honeymoon stage of a through hike where you're out yeah. there for the adventure. <laughs> Day one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel great. You know, after the adventure is over, after you've had the adventure, after you've met the new people and you've You've seen a bunch of the views and it becomes mundane because you're doing the same thing every day. Once that shine Mm -hmm. wears off, you have to kind of decide like, well, I'm here for the challenge. If you came for the adventure, well, you've already had the adventure. So time to get off, go home. Right. Yeah. Because you're not having the adventure anymore. You're not having fun. That's a really interesting way. So yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, it's like, well, did I come for the adventure or did I come for the challenge? I came for the challenge, so I'm going to stick in there and I'm going to get it done. So I remember watching this. Uh, I found this video of, uh, I don't know who it was. It, honestly, it was, I just remember the concept of it. And this person was talking about, they hiked the PCT and then they got to the point of the mundane Yeah, and it was no longer, they realized, they kind of realized what this was. And they, they were like, this feels like a job. Yeah. It feels, it's the same thing over and over again. And like, this isn't what I signed up for. And I remember thinking about it like, yeah, it's, that's what happens after 2,600 miles. It's like, at some point it's going to get really mundane, but you make a really valid point. It's every three. Well, there's, but there's this thing about quitting or, 
getting off trail and everyone's like, boo, boo, you didn't do it. Yeah. And, and I think that's bogus, man, because you make a really valid point here in that what'd you go out there for? Did you go out there for the full challenge? Did you go out there to, to see some really beautiful sights? Yeah. And if you did those things, then you're okay. Yeah. So for like, me, you it didn't was like, miss out that's on what anything. the CDT was. Did I a hundred percent enjoy the CDT? Hell no, I didn't. 100% yeah. I didn't like, honestly, to be a hundred percent honest right here, the CDT for me, I, I enjoyed the CDT less than I've enjoyed any hike over the past six years. Like yeah, the CDT. Uh, it's cause you got a bad attitude. <laughs> yeah. <you think> so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but that's not what I went there for. I went there for, yeah. I went out to the CDT to, for the challenge, obviously, but I also yeah. went out there for, um, I needed to clear my brain. I needed that time. Cause I know yeah. that that's what I get when I go out to a trail. So I needed time to get out there and think, right. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to come up with a bunch of great ideas of things that I want to do going forward with outdoor evolution, with a film series mm-hmm. that we're about to launch coming up, uh, over the next couple months, um, episodes of the podcast, like all these, ep- uh, all of this, like everything that I said earlier, that all came from being out on the CDT. Like, so I just need to clear my head. So I got that out of it. Yeah. And then uh, some closure. Like I've, you know, kind of been putting that trail off for a long time. Um, I'm kind of ready to move into some new stuff and kind of make a mm-hmm. um, a next step in life, a new chapter of life, as it were. Um, so I needed kind of, I needed to get out there, clear my brain, let it all come to me, let the trail do what it was going to do. And it, that's totally what I got, right? Do you ever think about the time that's passed since you first stepped foot down that AT and yeah, and think about like, did you ever think maybe more, more pointed question is while you were hiking the CDT, did you reflect, have, did you have time to reflect on the past? How many years, how many years has it been? Six, Five or six? Six. Yeah. So did you have time to reflect yeah, on man, the I did. last six years? I thought a lot and what about that means? Last six years. You know, I thought about a lot of how, um, the community's changed, the trail has changed, my love for okay. it's changed. Um, yeah. You know, not that I don't still love it, but I kind of have a different concept of it. It means something different to me. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. It was, you know, going out do you feel, there. Do you feel closure with it? Like, do you, how do you feel about it now after kind of having that time to, to think about it? Um, like just the whole journey in general, you know, it's definitely, it's been a wild one, right? Like it's, it's been pretty crazy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into that, you know, as, as much as I guess I could have, it, it was more mm-hmm. of just kind of reflecting on it and thinking like, man, here I am doing another one of these. Um, you know, it, what a wild ride it's been, um, thinking about a lot of different sections, you know, the CDT is mm-hmm. like so much diverse um environment and stuff and trail and tread yeah. a lot of time that i was out there like i was thinking about like oh this reminds me of so-and-so section of a trail this reminds mm. me of that section of a trail and then one of the coolest things for me was back whenever you know i started the channel at the end of 2015 and but it didn't really take off until 2017 and i was out on the cdt when it took off so i actually had made a video mm. called mm-hmm. how the at ruined my life 
I put it up, I scheduled it, and then I went out to hike a section through the Gila Wilderness, going northbound from, uh, mm-hmm. let's see, from Lordsburg, New Mexico, to Doc Campbell's, which is right in the middle of the Gila Wilderness. And mm-hmm. when I came off the trail, my life had completely changed because that video, while I was out on the trail, had blown up. So it was really weird because like hiking back through that section, I feel like I kind of completed a circle. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It meant a lot to me, man. You know, like that was one of the highlights of the entire hike was, I mean, well, I finished on the 25th. It's like what the 28th 28th. while we're recording this. Um, About a week and a half ago, that's when it was, I was going through the Gila and it was just like, Hmm. I was thinking about that coming through the Gila the whole time. It's like, Man, whenever did you think about that before you got to got to that point? Because you hadn't mentioned that in our conversations that we'd had. Not that you would, but like yeah. um, that seems like kind of like a it was pretty seems like a substantial moment. <laughs> yeah, man, it really was. Um, you know, and another thing that was like really cool for me is on the CDT, I hiked with a bunch of people that I had met over the years. So I started with my buddy Geared Up. And uh, I met Geared Up on the AT in 2015. Became a really good friend of mine. And my first introduction to the CDT, I was living in Albuquerque. I just moved there. And he went out and started his through hike of the CDT northbound. And uh, I went out and hiked some sections with him in New Mexico. So my Mm -hmm. first time ever stepping foot on the CDT was with him while he was doing his through hike. And he came out and started with me and hiked the first 150, 160 miles with me. So that was like, Hmm. that was a really fun full circle moment. And then, you know, I hiked with my buddy Juice for a little bit. Um, My buddy Meow, uh, Jonathan, he came out and hiked with me through the basin. And then, you know, I stayed with my buddy Toasted Toad um, in Salida, Colorado. And I met Toasted Mm -hmm. Toad on that section that I did whenever the YouTube channel took off. Like, I hiked out of Silver City with him into the Gila. We met this hermit out in the Gila that lives there named Doug, who's become a really good friend of mine. We met him together, and Toad's been a good friend of mine for years. Went on to start the Penhody Trail with me. Um, So I got to see him. So, yeah, man, a lot of things kind of came full circle. Um, So that's really what I tried to focus on. But I don't know if I really, aside from like, oh, I want to go out here and hike with some people from my past. I didn't really think about it being a full circle thing until I was out yeah. there. And then it just kind of like smacked me up against the head. And I'm like, oh, wow. Funny how that happens. Yeah. Though, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, the, all this stuff is more significant than I thought it was going to be. So that was a nice little gift that the, the yeah. CDT gave to me for sure. Interesting. Yeah, man. Um, I have two questions for you. I have two. I want to start with. Probably more than two. I I have to ask you a gear question, but. Um, I'll wait for a second because I feel like gear's fun to talk about. Um, Sure, Sure, it's fun to talk about. I'd like. Do you have any favorite sections of the trail? YouTube channel off of it for six years. Um, (laughs) Favorite section. You got to think about gear. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Do you have a favorite section that like stands out after the last few months? Like all of Wyoming. Think about and all of Wyoming. All of Wyoming. Anybody that like right now, if this was a YouTube video, like I'd get a bunch of comments of like. I'm going to go out for a couple of weeks and hike a section of the CDT. What section would you suggest? Go hike the winds. Just do it. Yeah. Go hike anybody. Go hike the winds. Go hike all of Any Wyoming. particular reason why? Um, a, it is the most beautiful section of any long distance trail I've ever done. 
hands down. I'll go on the record for that wow. right now. Almost 11,000 miles. Eat your heart out, PCT. Yeah, man. Almost <laughs> 11,000 miles, hands down, like no competition. It is the most beautiful section of trail I've ever hiked. How long is the section, just for reference? Oh, Estimate. Man, I knew you were going to ask me that. I don't 70, know. 70, 80 miles um, or more? The winds, maybe 100, 100 something. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. There is a, a pass, a part of the trail called Knapsack Coal, and it's on one of those alternates I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Knapsack Coal blew me away. Absolutely blew <laughs> me away. Breathtaking. I've heard, mm-hmm. it's funny, I'd heard tales for years of people that had hiked the CDT and mm-hmm. said, when you get to the winds, it'll make you cry. It's the most beautiful playing thing I've ever seen. I've, I've had multiple people that are <laughs> triple crowners that have, you know, triple, triple crowners that have told me that the winds absolutely stopped them dead in their tracks. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's probably pretty. And, you know, we first got into the winds. Cool story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We first got into the winds, and I'm like, yeah, it's pretty, but, you know, it's nothing I haven't seen. And then we hit knapsack coal, and it just, like, it floored me. Absolutely floored me. Anyone that's done it knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, between that and the Cirque, Cirque of the Towers, which is also mm-hmm. a part of that. Um, it's like the next day, well, next next two days after um, Knapsack. Beautiful. Yellowstone was amazing, uh, which is the first thing you come to in Wyoming, right? Yeah. But like most people think about like um, Old Faithful and all the other kind of like features that you see. And you go through the main basin in Wyoming. Yep are in, in Yellowstone, right, when you get into Wyoming. And that's cool, but it's kind of touristy, and there's, like, a lot of paid paths. And it's nice because there's, like, gift shops and restaurants and stuff. So, you know, yeah, yeah, hiking through there is, like, nice <laughs> as a thru-hiker. But what nobody talks about is as soon as you leave there, you hike through this completely other geyser, geyser basin um, and thermal hmm. basin where it's literally, like, the trail is, like, is, is smoking, right? Like, it's just steaming feels a little more wild oh it's super wild and then wow um and then you know one of the coolest parts about it is the fact that you're like hiking and you're so close to these little geysers and these little hot you know thermal features and stuff that they're like they're erupting and like you're getting wet like you're right next to it like you can look over the trail (laughs) and like look into it and like you know your hat could fall off and go straight into it it's and it, the trail just goes right. It kind of blew me away that they routed the trail through there. I'm like, I can't believe that they actually cut trail this close to this stuff. Um, so that was amazing. And then the basin. Everybody talks about, you know, the Great Divide Basin and how awful it is. And it's exposed and it's long. And it is. It's exposed. It's it's a really long section. Super flat, though. So for me, a kind of a, a mile junkie and a, a person that likes um you know, a masochist, like I was able to do a 58 mile a day going through the basin, which was super wow. fun. Like it was really flat. So if there's ever a time in like your hiking career that you're going to do a 50 plus mile a day, <laughs> the absolute perfect time to do it. So yeah, man, <laughs> altogether, Wyoming was just, it, it was great. I mean, I had never really done any hiking in Wyoming. I'd hiked a little bit in Yellowstone around uh, Jenny Lake and up in mm-hmm. the Tetons a little bit like years ago. But altogether, whew, man, Wyoming blew me away. So, yeah, definitely between Wyoming and the Gila Wilderness in New Mexico, 
massive, massive highlights. And I could definitely say both of those are kind of tied for like my favorite okay. sections of the trail. Yeah. I'm caught between when you're, when you're describing this like area in Wyoming, I'm, yeah. I'm, I find myself torn between wanting to Google it and not wanting to Google it and just don't do be, it. Like, it. And then being like, you know what? I don't ever want to see this. And this is my, this is my like, what do you call that? It's like a tussle in my brain with what we're doing with like showing trails and like removing. Cause it's like, you want to entice people. You want yeah. to show people these beautiful places, but cause you didn't vlog this, this trail, which is different, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that was one thing so that, that, you know, I decided, well, when I went out there, the idea was to, to do videos from the trail. I was going to, you know, I, I got my editing software on my, on my phone. I got everything set up. I, you know, had mm-hmm. lined some stuff up with some other people to post some stuff. You were going to make some thumbnails for me. Um, yeah. a bunch of stuff was kind of set in place. And then once I got out there, I was just like, you know what? Like I kind of just want to, in, in the beginning, there was a big community. There was, there was a lot of people around and I really just wanted to spend more time kind of connecting yeah. with other hikers because, you know, in 2019 when I did the Arizona trail, like I was busy shooting a documentary. So that's kind of where my brain was when I was doing the PCT. It was more about really pushing myself to the limits, hiking by myself a lot. So I didn't hike with a lot of people. And really the last time that I was hardcore involved with the community and spent a lot of time with other hikers was on the AT. And, um, you know, so I was really engulfed in that in the beginning. I really wanted to spend some time with some other hikers. So yeah, like I can't, it's like I was filming. I filmed a ton. I mean, I filmed the entire hike. And like mm-hmm. I got to a, a zero day where my plan was to edit a video. And then it's like it didn't happen. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. And then that happened. And then like a week went by. And then a couple oh. of weeks went by. <laughs> and then it just got to the point where I was like, you know what? I think that I'm not going to to do that out here. And I'm going to wait until I get back and kind of put it all together and kind of make more of like a little short film series or something. Just do it differently. Um, And it had a positive effect, but then it kind of had a negative effect. Because over the years, you know, talking about that distraction of like something that's going to distract me from the mundaneness. And that's a tool. Yeah. Filming and editing and (laughs) vlogging, tell a story has always given me something else to do. That's not just walking every single day. So to a certain point, I realized that I was getting more bored and Mm -hmm. more kind of, um, I I guess the mundaneness was worse on mundaneness. Is that a word? Um, was worse on this hike than some of my other ones because I didn't have that extra little, hobby Job. that extra little yeah. thing yeah that that thing that i'm doing that is kind of distracting me from like oh yeah a lot of days this sucks today i'm hot today i'm cold today i'm hungry um yeah and it's good to get it out of your brain too yeah oh totally totally and then like, you know like that's for me huge it's like while you're editing it you get to kind of enjoy it again so then you get to appreciate like what yep. you just did um so yeah. yeah not doing it this year not doing it this time again it was a it was a good thing because I got a break from doing it. And it was a bad thing because I didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> I was just like excited Dude, that I wasn't going to be doing yeah. it. Um, that's yeah. fascinating. It was weird. It was really weird for sure. I feel like, I don't know, these trails and how you go about them, they're just, 
weird. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. They can, totally. About the time you think that they're one thing, they become another, and they zig and they zag, and I think that's what's beautiful about them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what keeps you guessing if they were the same and they were just like, they were all the same and they, you, you knew what to expect. Yeah. I don't know that you'd be attracted to it after a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, you know, and for me, I mean, I'm definitely getting to the point in my hiking career where it's, you know, I'm not getting as much out of it anymore because it's kind of become old hat, right? Like doing a through mm-hmm. hike. Um, you know, there was never a doubt in my mind, like not to sound cocky or anything, but there's never a doubt in my mind that I couldn't hike the CDT that I couldn't hike from right. Canada to Mexico as long as I didn't get an injury. That's just experience talking. Like that's just, yeah. I mean, I've done miles. it so many times. Like yeah. I know that I can, I know that I can mentally yeah. do it. The only thing that stops yeah. me is like an injury. And then most times because I'm an idiot, I push through injury, <laughs> which I don't yeah. suggest anybody do. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it's it starting to kind of get to that point. So it was nice to go into it knowing like, okay, I'm just out here for the challenge. I'm just out here to clear my head. Mm-hmm. I'm just out here to kind of uh, do this thing that I've, I've kind of been putting off and saying that I'll, I'll eventually do. So it was nice to kind of have that closure with it. And then again, to kind mm-hmm. of get all these little gifts that came along with it. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah, man. Interesting. Uh, can I ask you about some gear? You can. Okay. If I remember correctly, your video before you started the, P- the, the CDT it was one of your lowest base weights? Um, yeah. One of my Ish. lowest base weights for a like a through hike of this length, I would say. Right. Like I, I've had lower base weights on right. some like big for, section yeah, hikes exactly. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Did did any of your gear choices that you maybe have maybe done a little bit different, did they did they all work out? Did you have any issues with yeah, gear? That, yeah, I mean, did... everything worked out. I mean, I added little things and took things away here and there, which I knew would happen as I hiked through it. So, I mean, I had kind of my... What's memory. something that you added to it? Um, So, like, you know, what I was talking about earlier, like when I got to Colorado, I added, like, I sent myself my app gear sweater because... Okay. I was like, yep. well, I want a little bit of extra warmth, especially... What did you have up. before that? Um, I mean, it was just my thermal jacket, so, like, my pullover... Um, uh, synthetic thermal jacket and then a rain jacket. And I just kind of use layers, which, you know, for 90% of the trail, and I could have went through Colorado with that, but there was just a part of me that was like, well, in the morning, sometimes, you know, it's like, it's chilly, but it's not, but jacket. It's, yeah. You know, like having a thermal gotcha. jacket, like you're climbing, you know, doing a real steep climb or something like I'll mm-hmm. instantly sweat. Cause I overheat real easy. So like having mm-hmm. something like that hoodie, kind of just helped me regulate a little bit better. So I added okay. it to it. And it's just like an extra little comfort. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I added like a sun umbrella in the basin because I knew it was going to be hot and exposed, which is funny because it ended up not being as hot and exposed. We actually got a bunch of thunderstorms and lightning storms through there. So it rained on us a bunch. So it actually became Did a regular the umbrella, umbrella work out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because anytime, anytime I saw an umbrella on the PCT, it was like blown inside yeah. out. <laughs> like I, I ended up not using it on as much of a as I thought I was going to. I totally could have got away with not using it, and I actually didn't. Okay. I planned on sending my, I got rid of it after the basin, and mm-hmm. then I planned on sending it to myself again in New Mexico, especially mm-hmm. once I got down like past Grants. Whenever you're really getting yeah. into like exposed desert, um, and I ended up not doing it. My sun hoodie okay. and like you know, hat and buff and stuff were 
we're plenty fine for that. So you, you, I guess I never caught on to, you don't have a mid layer. You just no, used no, your no. sun hoodie, uh, insulation layer, and then a rain jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just layers. Which, just do the, like the hydro trash layering system. Is that, is that normal for you not to have that mid layer? Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, like. Cause you run hot or what? Yeah. I, I run really hot. Okay. Yeah. So like really, again, like I could have done without the app gear sweater. I just sent yeah. it to myself, almost just kind of like, oh, it's something different to wear. Because, like, right. again, that comes from, like, that, you know, the mundaneness, even with gear. I mean, or, mm-hmm. or food. Here's a good example. I cold-soaked from Canada all the way to Grants, New Mexico, which was, like, what, 2,500, 2,600 miles? Mm-hmm. And then I actually had to get off the trail for about six days because I went out to Virginia to be the keynote speaker at Alda the all gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and since I got off trail, I came home for a couple of days. I grabbed my stove and the last 450 miles of the trail I cooked and it wasn't because I needed it. I mean, obviously I was in the desert, right? Like I went all through Colorado cold soaking. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just cause it was like, Oh, it's something different. It's switching it up. I'll do something different. Yeah. So that was a lot of like trading out things and maybe doing something different is I didn't need it per se. Right, um, you just wanted it. Yeah, yeah, just wanted it. Um, huh. As far as failure, um, I broke some stakes. I broke a trekking. Didn't you pole. have some foot, some shoes? Didn't you have to swap your shoes out? Yeah. Well, I hiked most of the trail with one pair of shoes um, mm-hmm. the entire time, but there was a time in Montana where I was like, "Well, I'm going to be doing some road walking because of this alternate." Mm-hmm. Um. So I'll get a little more cushion. And I went to a little more cushion of a shoe, but I literally used it for like five days. Gave me really bad heel blisters. Hmm. My feet just weren't used to them. And I got rid of them and got my other shoes back. And then oh, I okay. and then I finished with a different pair of shoes. Got a little more cushion. So it wasn't the big cushion shoe, but it was just a little more cushion. But yeah, that gotcha. was just like, you know, your feet break down over 2,600 miles. So... Yeah, I just wanted yeah. a little more cushion for all the road walks in New Mexico and stuff. <clears throat> but aside from hmm. that, man, I didn't really have any gear failures. Um, I added a trekking pole right in the beginning, so I, <gasps> I went. St- I know, right? I went started with one <laughs> trekking pole like I usually do, and um, my knees aren't great; they haven't been for years. So I was like, "Well, I'll get a little more cushion, and yeah. or a little more um, not cushion, but." breaking like you know coming down anybody that's got knee problems knows that like trekking poles when you're coming down a descent yep are great to like kind of stabilize yourself and take a little impact off your knees so i ended up Mm -hmm. adding another trekking pole for that and uh that was about it man like i lost a few buffs (laughs) um (laughs) lost two buffs i lost a pair of sunglasses my pair of sunglasses that i've literally had since the end of 2017, prescription sunglasses. I've had them on every hike since the end of 2017, every bike packing trip, every bike tour. Not um, now. Lost them in a damn lake. Actually, at Knapsack Coal, right at the base That's of Knapsack Coal. I stupidly, because another hiker dared me to do it, freezing cold Alpine Lake, I jumped in with my sunglasses on and just like the suction sucked them right off my face and took them oh to the my bottom gosh. of the lake. And then I searched for them for like an hour and couldn't find them. Oh. Yeah, it was kind of sad. Kind of sad. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. Huh. Interesting. I mean, that's a good trail if you never had any major gear issues and everything kind of worked out. You know, I think that just kind of comes from 
you know, experience. Yeah. It just comes from like, yeah. I know the stuff that I use. Like some people will look at it and be like, well, you know, how can you do a through hike with that? You know, I got a lot of like comments before I went out there. Like, thank God there's an REI on every corner in Colorado. Cause like, you're going to need more layers than that. It's like, no, not really. Like I can, I've hiked enough in enough environments. Yeah. And it also comes down to like everybody's comfort level and like tolerance right. for yeah. like being uncomfortable, which I have a really high <laughs> tolerance for my being uncomfortable. Um, that's well, not really only that, but I mean, when, when it comes to covering that many miles, your body's just running hot anyhow. Yeah. yeah. Like you're, you're not sitting down at all, hardly. Yeah. So there's no real, when you're always moving, yeah. your body's generating heat I mean, and burning calories. I, so used, I used a 20 degree quilt, um, and a summer sleeping pad that has a super low R value through the entire mm-hmm. trail. I never, you know, there were some people mm. out there that had like a pad for really high R value and stuff and switched yeah. to like a zero degree quilt when they went through Colorado. <laughs> um, I just use the same thing. Cause again, like I sleep hot every night. Um, a lot of times yeah. like I have to throw the quilt off of me. So, you know, I just know myself. I know what gear works for me and what doesn't work for me. Dude, I feel like there's a big lesson learned in that. Yeah. Like, don't listen to the masses. Listen to what works for you. Yeah. And yeah, I mean that's always what. It, yeah, I mean that's always what it's been. It's like you know you can take suggestions from people, and yep. you know something might work for you, and you might get someone else's experience and suggestions, and you know the miles they've put on something. But like, unless you take it out and figure out if it's going to work for you, like. You know, there's no guarantees, yep. right? Yeah. And what works for me and what my comfort level is isn't somebody else's. You know, for me to say that I cold soaked all through Colorado, you know, I was waking up in the mornings, it was like 20 degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, you know, I was having cold coffee. And, you know, most people right now, are, right when I said cold coffee, they went, ugh, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm okay with it because like, yeah, I, you know, I've done it long enough to where my comfort levels are Fine. different than other people's. Yeah. Uh, can I make a clarification note on the alpaca sweater yeah. situation? Yeah. You mentioned to me at one point that it's a hair, not a wool. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like a hair doll. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a big, it's a sweater made of alpaca hair. They don't have I'm alpaca in, wool. I'm into merino. I really like merino. Yeah. Like my body, my body does not react well to synthetics. Yeah. Like I just overheat. I can't manage my body heat. Like, and I try like fleece. It just doesn't work for me. Merino just for some reason, I, I don't sweat as much, yeah. but I'm curious about alpaca because yeah. it's a, Very it's a similar. similar fiber, yeah, yeah. right? Like it's good at m- managing your body temperature even when wet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think even better than merino. To find Why out more information, go to AppalachianGearGuardy.com. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you've you've clearly probably worn both, but do you? Yeah. Is there a reason why one or the other? Like, I don't know. Are they a very similar fiber? Do you think or uh, performance? I mean, wise? they're definitely different. I don't know. Hmm. That'd be something to, I want to dive into. I that know what I'm getting you for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's a hair. I remember you told me that. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I'm, what that I'm getting means. you a hairy sweater for Christmas. 
God, can you imagine? This is chest hair. I'm telling you, that's exactly what it's like. Wait, wait until you like mess with one. It's totally like alpaca chest hair. Yeah, there's like little hairs hanging off of it. <laughs> oh man, dude. Um, well, that's it for my line of questioning. Yeah. I feel like I, I I'm satisfied with um, the the download from the CDT, man. Yeah. Thanks for letting me pick your brain about yeah, it. I man. think there's a lot of people that have a lot of questions, and since you've been, you know silent on the on the on the tubes yeah you know Maybe i would say at this point like stuff. i would say well it was fun but you know i'm not gonna lie it wasn't <laughs> yeah it was uh it was definitely a it was definitely a challenge it was definitely an adventure yeah. um you know it was it, it's good to to have it done it's good to have that experience it's good to have you know i for years i mean i think some of the things i was looking forward to the most was like hiking through wyoming for years i wanted mm-hmm. to hike through wyoming and it didn't disappoint like i loved it um Colorado, uh, I'm totally, me and Colorado can't be friends anymore. Um, I'm, I'm out of love with Colorado. It's, <laughs> I felt like I was never going to get out of that state. And I mean, it was brutal, man. Like, God, there were parts of Colorado that absolutely kicked my ass, like 100%, especially the San Juans, like the Southern San Juans. Holy crap. I came out of there just like, I felt like, you know, I'd been hit by a bus, like when I came out of the the San Juans. Um, and you know, New Mexico, like I'm a big geek for the Southwest, loved the desert and had hiked tons of that over the years. So that was nice too. So yeah, I think overall, like, did I have fun? Nah, sort of most of the, I mean, not most of the time, a lot of the times, but most of the time, you know, it was work and, um, it was a fun experience and yeah. Yeah. Cool. CDT. CDT 2021, class of 2021, <laughs> Sobo. <laughs> well, dude, is there anything else we need to cover before we wrap it up? No, man. Um, I think that's it. It's nice to be Do back, we, though, right? Like It is, man. It's nice to, to be doing this again. And, you know, we have a ton of great media to roll out for you guys for the rest of 2021 and heading into the new year. Um, we might. We might, folks even be dropping a little sneak peek at a film series, a film project that I started last October. We might be dropping that very, very, very soon. Um, end of November. So uh, keep an eye and an ear and a, and everything else out for that because we'll probably be dropping it over on the Outdoor Evolution YouTube channel. And um, what else do we got going on? We got, we got tons of episodes of the podcast coming out. Mm-hmm. We've got the film series that's going to be dropping. Like I said, there'll be more info on that. Um, oh, this is something we did whenever I was, I, I guess, we kind of took a hiatus, but not really. Uh, we launched a uh, our first ever online course. Like people yeah. for years have been asking me if I would do some sort of like comprehensive course um, that, you know, had all the information in one place. And it's something that I'd been talking about for a while. Emory had been working on one, had mm-hmm. launched one, and we kind of came together and launched um, Learn How to Backpack. So the first yep. in a series of courses that we uh, we plan on releasing here at Outdoor Evolution. Um, Emory, you want to talk a little bit about uh, OE's first course? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm personally super stoked about it because it's when I was deciding to write it. I was like, you know, this would have been nice to have when I was starting out backpacking. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, the reason why I say that is because there's a lot of things that you just have to figure out that just take time. And I wanted to, 
I wanted to reduce that that amount of time, that learning curve, not eliminate it all the way because there's always going to be a learning curve. Like I can, t- we could tell you everything to do, but you're always going to have your own learning curve. But at least this like gives you a really solid foundation. The, the way I wrote it was, here's all of the things you need to know to, to backpack successfully. And you can adapt to these core principles to whatever type of backpacking you want to do. So I personally have an interest in weekend backpacking with friends and family so I took my nine month old when she was nine months old we took her backpacking I adapted my skills that I learned from through hiking to that and I've adapted my my skills from through hiking to backpack hunting and like so there's all these different types of backpacking out there and we're all different and I wanted to create something that you could go to for fundamental knowledge and apply it directly to what your interests are. In fact, one of the key principles in the course is identifying the type of backpacking you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's kind of important right off the bat. Like if, in case in point, if Darwin and I go backpacking, we're probably going to go backpacking differently. Oh yeah. Like totally. we're going to, if, but, and if I try to do what you do, that might not work for me right. and vice versa. Yeah. And that's fine. And maybe you have an interest in through hiking and you find out that you don't like it. And you really would just like to go to that Alpine Lake to do some fishing. Yeah. And, that's lose, and lose your sunglasses. And lose <laughs> your sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there's just so you did an episode on this backpacking yeah. versus through hiking. And there's a reason for that because we all have different interests. And I wanted to have this comprehensive course to, to say, here's the principles of backpacking. Yeah. Go forth and do good things. And we'll add to it over time, and then we'll break off to, to do different types of courses. But in a nutshell, that, that's what it is. I really wanted to set people up for success starting out early on. So if you're a beginner to intermediate backpacker looking to just like really reduce that learning curve and have a source of support in the process, yeah, man. that's what it is. Yeah, so Mr. Emery is your instructor in the, uh, the backpacking yeah. course, and it's what? 60 plus videos so 60 plus yep. video tutorials there's support yep. um from emory himself um there is gear discounts like we put together yep. a bunch of awesome gear discounts from all these cool companies a bunch of them that are give a shit companies mm-hmm. um to get you started if that is something that you're you know trying to get kind of off the ground and get into backpacking kind of need this perfect place to start so mm-hmm. If that is something you're interested in, go check it out at learnhowtobackpack.com, um, which is just the best domain name. I mean, <laughs> oh, man, you landed one. Um, <laughs> or you can go to theoutdoorevolution.com, and up in the top, you can find courses. Click that, and that will take you straight over to learn how to backpack. And going forward, um, we're going to just build on that, and we're going to be doing yeah. a bikepacking course. We're going to be doing a course on how to um do kind of outdoor filmmaking so like you know what i've done for six years like say you're trying to start a youtube channel um or you're trying to shoot a documentary about a hike or a trail um or something like that you know all your basics of how to work a camera editing all of that stuff is uh we're going to be diving into that over this next year so again folks we have a ton of great stuff coming out here at outdoor revolution and uh i'm pretty excited man i'm pretty excited about all, all the stuff that we got coming up on our uh, our second season again, second season. I feel like I feel like we're really official. Like, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, like we, you know, we made it. We made it. We're on the map. Second <laughs> we're season. <laughs> we're definitely making more episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, 
Thanks, man. Thanks for the time. Yeah, bud. Thanks, uh, thanks for being back with me. A big old thanks to Emery for joining me yet again as co-host on this episode. If you haven't yet, make sure to check him out over at the Byland Podcast or at byland.co. If you want to help support the podcast and get bonus content like early access to episodes, hours of exclusive video, and even a weekly bonus podcast with yours truly, you can become a member of our Patreon community. We'll leave a link down in the show notes. If you have been enjoying the podcast, whether it's this season or last season, do us a big favor and go leave it a rating or review wherever you're currently listening. Make sure to check out theoutdoorevolution.com to keep up to date with all of our new articles, courses, products, and more. You can follow us over on Instagram at The Outdoor Evolution. And folks, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in.